there just something about singing Christmas songs? It's awesome. And if you love singing Christmas songs, next Sunday just so happens to be our Christmas program. So I'm guessing you're going to get to sing some more next Sunday as well. Uh, what I want you guys to do, we're going to greet each other. If you guys know me, we don't just shake hands. We got a hug. So greet each other with a good big hug. Good morning. You can uh, go ahead and have a seat. Thank you uh, to Tim and the band. Tim and I do have that special bond. Only once in my life have I told him to get out of my life. That was, uh, not, this isn't the time, but that, that is a true story, a long story. I'll share it at another time, and maybe we're talking about friendship and things like that. But uh, we are starting a new series called The Simple Christmas, The Simple Christmas. I remember as a kid, one of my favorite memories as a kid was, was simply these trips that we would go on. My dad would take us, and we'd go across the country. Anybody take trips like that when you were a kid? You'd get in the car right? And it's different than, than it is these days. These days, you know, you got to get them buckled up and in their little uh, safety, what do you call those seats? The car seats, thank you. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Get, get them in their car seats and get them all ready to go. It, you know, in, in, the, in my days, in the glory days, right? My, my sister would be asleep on the floor. My brother, he's the oldest, would get the seat and I'd be in the back window, right? Anybody else do that when they were growing up? That, that's kind of how we traveled. And I loved the travel. You know, it wasn't so much about the destination. It was about the trip that we were going to go on, being together, being a family, and this long journey that we would go on. And my favorite trip that, that we ever took was we were going out to California. We were going to see my uncle. There were all these stops along the way, right? We're going from Iowa to California, and we went to the Rocky Mountains. And for the first time in my life, I see all just the, the magnificence of the Rocky Mountains, I see God's footprint, his handprint in the Rocky Mountains. And if you've seen him, isn't it beautiful, right? You see it, and you're just blown away by the majesty of God. And then we would continue on in the trip, and remember going down to the Grand Canyon. You've been to the Grand Canyon, and here again, the footprint of God, the, the majesty of God on full display. And seeing it for the first time, and if you've seen it for the first time, you're just kind of blown away. Wow, what an incredible sight. Here we are seeing God's handiwork on full display. And then we went and finished the trip, got to San Diego, and there's the ocean. And if you stood there for the first time, you just see how big, how big and vast and unending the ocean seems. And once again, blown away as I encountered for the first time the ocean, the Rocky Mountains, the Grand Canyon. And I think about this message, this simple message of Christmas, and yet how powerful and meaningful it can be in your life. And if you're like me, and I, I would guess that some of you are, you know what, it becomes Christmas times here. We hear the story of old Saint Nick, and maybe we also hear the story of a baby being born in a manger. We kind of take it for granted. Are, are you guys like that, or is that just me? But I hear the story, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's cool how Jesus came into the world, how a baby was born in a barn, in a manger, but it doesn't have the meaning and impact it should on my life. You know, kind of like the first time when I saw the Rocky Mountains, blown away by the majesty of God, or seeing the Grand Canyon or the ocean, blown away by the handiwork of God. And I hear this story, and it kind of becomes second nature. Yeah, you know, God came to man, and Jesus was born, and born into a manger. 
But we want to encourage you and challenge you with as, as we think about Christmas time, as we think about this season, is, is don't take this message and this miracle of what God has done and how Jesus has come into the world lightly. See, see thinking and reflecting on Jesus becoming a man, God incarnate, the incarnation is a message that should impact our lives deeply. We see this message and we see what God has done for us and it should change how we live our lives. It should change how we even approach Christmas time. And so as we look to scale back and think about Christmas, this is my greatest encouragement to you, that in, in the middle of all the family events and buying all the gifts and eating all the food and the eggnog and the we my dad likes to make wassail, right? That hot cider. And in the in the midst of all those things, we remember what this is about. We remember the message, the simple message is God's son has come into the world. And what a message it is that God has sent his son into the world. A message that shouldn't be taken lightly. A message that when we think and we dwell on it, it should impact our lives greatly. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next three weeks here. It's just this simple message of what God has done in giving us his son Jesus. It's an easy transition if you've been with us here in the, the previous few weeks. We've gone and we've, we've talked about the book of Malachi and we studied the book of Malachi. The last words, okay, the book of Malachi ends the Old Testament uh, God has sent uh, prophets to come and, and, and kind of prophesy of the coming Jesus and, and the end times and things of that nature. And the book of Malachi kind of ends that, that time. But I love it because in the final chapters of Malachi, we get the picture of this coming Messiah. Malachi 3.1 says this, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. Malachi pointed us to Jesus. Malachi pointed us to the fact that this Messiah was coming. They were, they were longing and looking forward to the Messiah coming. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew, and that's where we're going to be today as we transition from Malachi, the final words, into the Messiah coming. And the, the point of Christmas and the point of this message is just not that the Messiah was coming, but the reason he was coming. I, I love a, a verse uh, Austin read last week, but it's Malachi 4.2, and it says this, But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. We sang that song, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, and even in that song, it talked about the healing in his wings. See, the point of Christmas and the message of Christmas is just not that Jesus has come, but the purpose in why he has come. He has come to heal. He has come to save. He has come to rescue See, we think of Christmas oftentimes as this time to get together and have a big party and give gifts and, you know, drink wassail or whatever it is. But how often do we reflect on the fact that Christmas is about needing to be rescued, needing to be saved, that we are in trouble, right? It's not the holly jolly thing we talk about in Christmas. But that's the point. That's why God sent his son. 
because we need to be rescued. We need to be saved. There, there's an issue in our life that needs to be, uh, to be remedied. This is why Jesus, God's Son, the Messiah, came, because we need to be rescued. That's, that's the message of Christmas. God has sent His Son, Jesus, to rescue you, to save you, to find which was lost. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. The birth of Jesus Christ, starting in verse 18. A story that we don't want to take lightly. A story that should have impact and meaning in our life. And even especially as we think and dwell on it this season, man, this is something that should impact our lives and we should respond accordingly. Here's what it says, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. See, I think many of us in this room, when we, when we talk about a child being born, we would probably recognize that that's a miracle, right? I mean, my, my wife is 23 weeks pregnant, and I think about all that. I mean, it, it's a miracle. And even looking at something like that, or something like the, the, the Colorado Rockies, or the uh, Grand Canyon, or the ocean, and you see God's handprint, you see a creator, you get this picture of a creator, and you, you just can't help but worship him. Because something like birth or the, his, his creation causes us to know that there is a creator. That alone is enough to see the power of God in display, whether it be a, a new baby or in his creation, is an amazing thing. And so you think about birth, and it's a pretty cool thing. It's a miracle in and of itself. But there's something about, different about this birth, right? There's a reason we're talking about this birth. There's a reason Matthew and Luke talk about how Jesus came and was born. Because of this, it wasn't a natural birth. It says, His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Okay? Not a natural birth, but one of the Holy Spirit. This was one that was talked about in the Old Testament, was prophesied by the prophets. You go and read about it in Isaiah chapter 7. It, it talks about this virgin birth. Now, I, I don't know if you've struggled with that concept before. Many people have, right? You struggle with this idea of the incarnation, God becoming man, the virgin birth. It can be a difficult thing to wrap your mind and your head around sometimes. For, for those of us that, that believe in the truth of Scripture, believe this is the inspired Word of God, believe in the power of God, right? It, it becomes much easier to know, you know what, God is in control. God is the creator. I see it in everyday life, whether creation or birth or whatever it is. So I know that God can do it and however He wants to do it. He prophesied about it. It was talked about in the Old Testament. But if you've had trouble... No, you're not alone. I love this story because you see Joseph. Joseph's a righteous guy. Joseph loves God. But Joseph wrestles with this, doesn't he? 
We're going to see it. Joseph himself has a, has a tough time with this idea of a virgin birth, the incarnation. Here's what it said. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Right? Joseph encounters this. He's like, you know what, Mary? Sorry, I, I, I can't believe this story you're trying to tell me. He struggled with it. And Joseph, we see a righteous man. Mary, obviously, a, a woman who, who loves God as well. And part of the reason that God is picking and using the, these two people. And a righteous man. Every right, you know, in these days, the betrothal was much different than what it is today. And engagement was much different than what it was than what it is today. In those days, it was basically you had to have a divorce decree to end this thing. If you were engaged, betrothed to somebody, you had to have a divorce decree to end it. And Joseph, looking at the situation, had every right to do it. He's looking back on the law and said, all right, I, you know, every right to do this thing. He, but he was a righteous man. And not making it a public, you know, I, I try to think how that would happen in our day. Somebody would probably take it to Facebook and tweet it out and much more public than probably what it would be in the day of, of Joseph, in the day of Jesus. Joseph, a righteous man, not probably had this deep love and affection for Mary as a righteous man, just like, you know what, I'll just end it, won't make a big public deal out of this. So he had in his mind, he's going to divorce her quietly. But verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've wrestled it with this idea of the incarnation before, you don't have what Joseph had here, right? An angel in a dream telling him what is going on. But, but if you have wrestled with it, you know, we, we want to encourage you and invite you to continue to seek God's Word. Continue to even come here on Sunday mornings and, and hear God's Word preached as we go through the Word of God. We encourage you to come back because what, what God wants to reveal to you is who His Son is, His divine Son through His Word of God. So we encourage you. Man, God wants to speak through His Word. God wants to, to speak to you here this morning, bring you back here this morning. God wants to reveal Himself and who His Son Jesus is. So we encourage you, if you wrestle with the truth of Scripture or you wrestle with this idea of a, an all-powerful God, Continue to seek it out. Continue to study the Word. Continue to show up here. Because we believe God's Word is active. It's alive. It's the truth. And we believe His Spirit is going to reveal things to you. And so we want to encourage you to continue in that way. So he speaks to him and tells him, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Here's the, the point. Here is the message of Christmas. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. There it is. That's the point of Christmas. That is the message of Christmas. The problem, this simple Christmas, also reveals to us that there's a simple problem, right? We need to be rescued. We need to be saved. That which is lost 
needs to be found. See, it's more than just uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire or Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Those are things that are all great and jolly and Christmas is a fun time. But the message of Christmas, you need to be rescued, right? That, that, that fire, those chestnuts roasting, man, you need to be, it's like you're falling in, you need to be saved from that thing. Jack Frost nipping at your nose, man, you're out in the cold, you, you get this picture of somebody lost in the wilderness and freezing cold, you need to be rescued. That's the message. It's a message of people who are lost, people who are, are broken, people who are hurting, people who have no direction in their life need to find Jesus, need to find this Messiah that's talked about in Malachi, this Messiah who is coming. This is the message of Christmas, that that which is lost needs to be found. That which is broken needs to be healed. Those who are sinners need to be saved. That is the message of Christmas. She will give birth to a son. Born in a barn, born in a manger, born of an ordinary mom and an ordinary dad, right? You are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus literally, the name Jesus literally means the Lord saves, right? This is who Jesus is. This is the name that he was giving because he was to save the people from their sins, as we see in verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22 tells us this, All this took place to fulfill what he had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will, give him, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There it is. The prophet spoke about it. It was written long ago how this would all play out, right? The people of God, those who, who, who sought God, they understood that a Messiah was coming. They were longing for this Messiah to come. And what was talked about back in Isaiah chapter 7 comes to truth here in Matthew chapter 1, that this, this baby is born, not, not born of natural ways, not born of a human father, but born of a virgin, his father, God Almighty. The virgin will be with child and will give, him, will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isn't this awesome? God with us. See, we know that the God creator is perfect and what God desires from his people is perfection. What, what God needs from his people is perfection. And what we don't have to do, what we don't have to strive for is we are not working to get to heaven. It's not us reaching up to heaven to try to accomplish something, to try to obtain something. But instead, this message of Christmas is that the God of the universe has sent his son and God among men. So instead of us striving and reaching and trying to accomplish something to reach heaven, it's heaven coming to us. That it, it's nothing that we do. It's nothing that we accomplish. But it's through this son that was given. That righteousness is not obtained in and of ourselves by our acts 
by those good works that we do, but righteousness is only obtained by knowing this Messiah that came, by knowing this Son that was born, Jesus. This is the message of Christmas, that God has come to us, that God has come to save that which needs to be rescued has come that the lost may be found, that the sinner may be saved. This is the message of Christmas. This is this simple message, a simple man. But yet that, that message of who Jesus is and how he came should impact us. It, it should change us. So when I encounter it, Man, like that, that little kid that I was when I encountered the Rocky Mountains or the Grand Canyon or the ocean, it should rock my world that the God of the universe has come to earth. Jesus himself has come to rescue and to save me. I love how, how this, this portion ends here in chapter 1 of Matthew because we know that, that God has come, that this message of Christmas is about the God of the universe sending his son for us. But now the question is, what do we do with that message? When we hear that God has sent his son Jesus, that Jesus has come, the son of God has come to save, to rescue, to find that which was lost, how do we respond to the message? I love it because here's what Joseph does. Verse 24, it says this, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife. Joseph heard this message. Jesus is coming. The Son of God is coming. The Messiah is coming. Jesus, or Joseph heard the message, and he responded to it. He did what he was commanded to do. But he had no union with her until he gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So the question for us, we've heard this message before, right? We've all heard the message of Jesus born in, born in a barn, born in a manger, born in very ordinary circumstance. The question for us is how do we respond to that message when we hear it? Joseph responded. He lived a life of obedience. His act of worship was living in obedience to this message. So the question for each and every one of us is how do we respond to this message, the message of Christmas, that Jesus has come, God himself has come to be with man, to save the people from their sins, to save you, to rescue you, to give you new life. How do you respond to this message of Christmas, to this message of Jesus coming to earth? dwelling among men. That's what I want to challenge you with, and, and Tim and the band are going to come back up here. And this is what I want to encourage and challenge you with. See, the message is real. What God has done for us in his son Jesus is very real. The question now becomes in how we respond to it. Because knowing that God has come to dwell among us, knowing that, that God has come to give us new life, to rescue us, to save us, that should change us. It should, get, it should have a deep and meaningful impact on our lives. When we encounter that, it should impact how we give 
of our time, our money, our resources. It should impact how we serve. You know, Christmas is a season in which there are great opportunities to give, when there are great opportunities to serve. It should impact our mission, right? We've heard this message of how Jesus has come to save. It should impact our mission. And we, as our mission here is at Creekside, lead people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus. It should impact our mission. We should want to go out because Jesus has come down to rescue and to save us. So my encouragement is we continue to worship here this morning, and more importantly, even as we leave here today, and we go to our places of work tomorrow or to our families or to our friends, this message of who God is and what he has given us in his son Jesus, that should rock our world, shouldn't it? It should. Amen? We're going to have a time now where the bread and the juice are here. See, the message of Christmas just didn't stop that Jesus was born and all was well. Jesus had to go to the cross. Your sin, you need to be rescued, you being lost. There had to be a resolution for it. And Jesus provided that resolution by going to the cross. See, we are found righteous not, not in our works, not in what we've done, but in the finished work of the cross. In Jesus going to the cross and his, the juice which represents his blood that was shed for us and the bread which represents his body that was broken. He said it on the cross, it is finished. The work is finished. And we no longer strive for heaven. We no longer strive to do things that's going to take us there. But now we know this Messiah that's come. The, the work is finished because I know that baby that was born, that Messiah who entered the world in the most humble of circumstances. So let's worship Jesus together. If there's ever one who was more worthy of worship, it's Jesus. So let's worship him this morning. God, we thank you. God, we, we thank you that you have come to us God, that all the striving in the world and all the good works and good deeds in the world are not enough. This message of Christmas is that the God of the universe has sent his Son for us. The King was born. The Messiah was given. The Savior has come to save, to rescue. That which is lost can be found. That which is broken can be healed. And those of us who are sinners can be saved. What an incredible thing that you have done for us. And as we think about that, not only today, but God, with our whole lives, and especially during this Christmas season, God, it should change how we live. It should change how we worship this morning and how we walk out that door when service is over. God, help us this morning to realize this great thing that you have done. Help us to be like kids seeing your creation, whether the mountains or the ocean or whatever it might be for the first time, this excitement and overwhelming us with just how much you love us, overwhelming us with your majesty. 
God, thank you for the cross. And this morning we know that it began with his birth and it began well before that. But Jesus coming to earth and ultimately dying for us. We want to worship you and we want to worship your son this morning for coming to earth, for God coming to man, and not just coming, but coming to save us. Thank you. Thank you for this incredible thing that you've done, this incredible gift that you've given to us. We pray it and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Simple Christmas, simple problem. We were lost, we were broken, we were in trouble, we were sinners. But God has provided the solution simply through Jesus. Simply that we could be rescued, that we could be healed, that we could be found, that we could be saved. I hope you know Jesus. I hope you know this answer that God has provided in his son. And I hope this Christmas season we simply remember and adore him. Let's pray. God, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you we can come and we can simply adore you. We can simply worship you for what a gift you have given us. God, help us to remember. Help us to not take this lightly. Help us to be blown away by this incredible thing that you have done for us. And God, as, as we leave here this morning, help us to be like Joseph who heard the message, and who obeyed. Through faith, through faith, he obeyed. God, God, we should be changed because of this message of what you've done in giving us your son, Jesus. Help us to simply adore him. Pray and we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.